0: Welcome back to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Where do you go for new ideas and adapt to changing business landscapes? The ability to create and seek out new ways of thinking is a superpower. And as a business owner, it's critical to staying successful and relevant to your clients. Maria Terran, owner of Chica Woof Dog Walking and Field Days, joins us for a conversation centered around how to seek out feedback and then make the necessary changes. Maria walks through her multi-step process for getting feedback and why you have to leave emotion out of it. She also shares what it means to stay creative as a business owner and the importance of continually exposing ourselves to novel ideas. Throughout this process of changing and adapting, Maria stresses how to stay connected with your mission so you stay true to yourself. Let's get started.
1: Well, hello. My name is Maria Toran, and I've been working with pets for six years now. I currently own two businesses in Chicago, Illinois. Chicago, where we offer dog walking, pet stealing, and now dog grooming. And Field Days, where we offer midday dog walking. I went to Puerto Rico, and I took a grooming course. And it was almost a year ago. Yeah, it was in February 2022. Um, I've been really interested for a while in learning grooming. So the the opportunity was there. And here we are. <laughs> it's been almost a year.
0: What was that like? Uh, embracing a, a whole different service for your business.
1: And it was really good. My clients were like waiting from day one. I told them, "Hey, I'm going to be away from." It was like almost a month that I was away from the business. Um learning grooming and it was a very intensive course. So I let everybody know in advance, like hey, maybe I'm not gonna be like answering so fast because I'm gonna be doing this and I'll be away and you know. So they were really excited from now (laughs) on. They were like, Yes, as soon as you come back, please. I need an appointment, I need nails, I need this, I need that. So it was really easy and it's been super fun because since the first day that I took the course, like day one, I was like, "Okay, I love this."
0: <laughs> so, so, so what, what, grooming was something you'd always had your your eye on, or was that a service that you had heard clients wanting for, and you were looking for a way to fill that, or or both?
1: I mean, kind of both, because I've always been like interested in learning grooming, and now I know, like, I knew there was like potential with my clients. So it was kind of bold.
0: And that's that's well, that's really great. Whenever you have this client need and you have an interest, right? That's where we want to be working as business owners and providing services for clients is where we also have a passion.
1: Yeah. And I was concerned about, you know, like Oh my god! I'm I'm not gonna be the dog walker. I'm gonna be the groomer. So I just I just hope you know the dog the dogs don't hate me. But <laughs> uh, but no, they still love me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how are you spending your 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 days then, Maria? Between running Woo field days, the grooming, where how do you allocate your time?
1: Well, by now I'm no I'm no longer like working on the field, like doing dog walking and pet sitting. Not really, just sometimes when you know a bad cop is needed. Um, I, I I do a lot of grooming. I, lot, I do a lot of um, admin work. So it's not that bad. You know, it sounds crazy, but I, I swear it's not that bad. It's <laughs> it's good. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, that's that. That's nice, though. And so, where where are you really seeing? Seeing demand from your clients. And and I guess, uh, can can you just remind us kind of how Chica Woof and Field Days are are different with their services?
1: Um, Chica Woof uh, does dog walking. That's our top service, and it's always been our top service, midday dog walking. We do pet sitting, we do overnight and now grooming. And with Field Days, it is only midday walks. We only work Monday to Friday between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. and that's the only service we we offer there.
0: And so, are you seeing what are you getting your as far as demand from clients? As far as what are they are asking of you, given the services that you offer?
1: Um, I see the highest demand in dog walking, of course, but I'm getting a lot of overnights, especially this year, like 2023. We, I think, we are booked until the end of May right now for overnights. So I, I'm not sure if people are traveling more or <laughs> what the thing is, but somehow we are booked for the first five months of the year for overnights.
0: That, that's a lot. And so for that, you're, you're, how, you're staying in the client's home or is that coming late at night and again, first thing in the next morning?
1: Yeah, we do. We stay in the client's home um, for 12 hours, which usually is from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. We have some flexibility there, but that's the time that most people like.
0: And that's uh, that's an interesting observation because we've seen a little bit of that as well, where that seems to be the default of for pet care uh, when we're getting in- inquiries from clients of, "Well, I need you to stay." in my home. And I think a little mm-hmm. bit of this is is really the outfall of all those pandemic puppies that we were really worried about. Um, the, this mm-hmm. is another um, wave of the clients looking for ways for their pets to be never left alone and looking for ways to have them fully pampered. Because uh, doing those kind of overnight cares can be really exhausting. I know Megan and I did that by ourselves for years. And it for, for us, it gets kind of, it, it, it's really draining on us to be away from our home for days on end to be in somebody else's house dealing with their dogs. Uh, how do you how do you support your, your 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 team members while they're doing that?
1: I mean, I understand that, and I also I make sure people knows that this is not like we cannot take like fifty clients per month. Because we have a limited staff available for this because not everybody can do it. You know, there are people that have like families or children and they can't be away from home. So in my case, I don't. And I have a lot of support from my husband. So I can do overnight whenever I want, pretty much. (laughs) Um, but still, you know, we all want to be home. We want to sleep in our beds. Um, so I really, I'm very picky to be honest. I'm very picky with overnights. When it comes to overnights, I handpick clients and, um, I just, I I don't take everybody. I I don't take every single request.
0: Yeah. Well, you just you first off, you just can't because of it, yeah. it's very hard. You can't <laughs> yeah. sleep in two places at once. Like that hasn't right. been painted yet. <laughs> but then, but then there is the the you. I know some people really they really love that the the idea of constantly traveling, but making sure that when you're if you have staff doing that, if you're doing that, really making sure that that aligns with how you operate. If you're a homebody, being in somebody else's home for seven days, nine days, nonstop is really hard. It's really hard on that. Mm-hmm. And then to go to the next one, and then the next one, and the next one. And just to take mm-hmm. that step back and go, is this actually something I want to do? Like it, It's that, well, the clients are really asking for this service. The clients want this service. And then going, mm-hmm. yeah, but am I, am I the one to fill that? Is that something that we need to do?
1: Right. Um, I personally, I try to not overwork people when it comes to overnight. Uh, let's say you did an overnight this week. I'm not going to send you to a different overnight the day after because I know people are not going to be able to keep up with that. And I understand. So I try to take it easy too. <laughs> and even if I have like a hundred requests, I just take whatever I know we can take.
0: Mm. And that's, that's, that's hard to have that hard to, to have that line in the sand to go no this is our capacity because we always have mm-hmm. at least it, yeah, i don't know if you suffer with this maria i do of going oh maybe i could just do one more or maybe i could sneak in something <laughs> here or just do that and try. <laughs> That's, yeah. it, it, it draw, that draw <laughs> that draw is real
1: yeah i mean i i've been there but i'm learning i was still learning to you know to say no to know my limits and other people's limits too but it, this is not only about me anymore, because now I have a team, so it's not just me it's not it's not all about me. Everything is changing, and I have to keep that in mind and and think about them too
0: yeah well when you say when you say everything's changing what is what does that mean
1: um I mean like we're growing, we keep uh, growing and growing, so yeah, as you grow. Things change, of course.
0: And you have to remember is that if that's your decision to bring on staff, that now you have to externalize a lot of your thinking and going, Okay, maybe that's something I would take on. Is that something I would Mm -hmm. let that person take on or is that something we, the company, should commit to? I know that's a phrase that I've tried to be saying a lot more of going, is this something the company can commit to? Is this something we are able to do and take on? And that really helps set that perspective of when you think of this isn't about me. You said that, Maria, of like this isn't mm-hmm. about me anymore. Mm-hmm. This is about mm-hmm. everyone else who's also doing these same services.
1: Yeah. And I try to keep in mind that not because I'm okay with something, everybody's going to be okay with that, you know, because at the end of the day, this is a job and they are normal people working, you know, same way Whoever works at the office, they wake up every day and go and work and get paid. The dog walkers and pets here is the same thing, you know. They wake up every day, they go, they take care of pets, they get paid. So it's, it's still a job. We all love it. We are we are passionate about what, what we do, but it's still a job. So that's good to keep in mind. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> and
0: so, how how have you found staffing over the last couple of years uh, for for the positions that you've had as you've grown?
1: I don't lie to you, it's been hard. It's been hard. I've, I've seen a difference, especially after COVID, where um, it, it's becoming harder and harder to hire people. Um, but I have my team, and they've been with me almost two years now. And I'm very happy with them. I'm very happy with what they do. I'm super proud of them, especially um, with all what we accomplished in 2022. And yeah, I I told them <laughs> we had like a holiday dinner, and I told them guys, my only wish is that I I could have the same people on the table next year, please. Oh. <laughs> and they were like, yes, of course. <laughs> so yeah, I'm so I'm super happy with with them. I'm super happy with my team right now.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of trying to understand what the incoming or what the applicants' expectations are, and and really. Um, I, I don't know if you've had that experience of of, of hiring and then in, you know they pretty much immediately stop working or decide that they want to quit or different things come up and you only you're only working with them for such a little bit. I know I, I've had to struggle with a lot of feeling kind of jaded towards new applicants of mm-hmm. trying to not you know have that voice in the back of my head that's just like, well, when are you going to quit? Like not not going that <laughs> way because because I, I I want to always I want to be open and and give them the benefit and and be as enthusiastic with them with my with my hundredth hire just as much as I was for my first hire, and because that's a big part of how we set the tone and those expectations.
1: Yeah, but you know what I've seen too. In my case, we do a lot of dog walking, like that's our main service. So I've seen that people says, okay, I'm going to work with with dogs, with animals. It's going to be all cute and games. And it's not always like that, you know, because you go from doing nothing or maybe have a job where you are just at the office or it's not really like physically demanding. And then you go from there to walk, I don't know, five, six miles per day with the dogs. That's a lot. And a lot of people, they they are like no, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen that a
0: lot. <laughs> yeah, and I I know for us we've gotten some feedback from people who have gone. I wasn't a I wasn't ready for the mental mental burden that this took mm-hmm. that this took place of the, all of the information being on alert the whole time. Everything I needed to know, everything I need to keep track of, and. And really being on my game for hours on end, and then switching and driving and moving and and all of those things boiled up into one really make it a lot both both hard physically but also mentally. And that's an aspect mm-hmm. that I know I, I have definitely come to appreciate as we brought on and trained staff of helping them manage the mental burdens, the the mental fatigue that comes along with this
1: yeah the fatigue decision i mean decision fatigue <laughs> yeah it's it, it, that's real, yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah I, I understand like i I would say this is not for everybody, yeah. It's not
0: <laughs> no and it's and it's so it's so difficult whenever you're doing those ads and you're talking with people because you you kind of want to make it appear like it's for everybody, but mm-hmm. I, I know when we have tried to make it the the posting or the position too attractive we don't get good fits for it. It's whenever we Mm -hmm. actually are honest about how hard it is, the difficulties of it. I've done interviews where I've been like, well, these are the three places that most people struggle or have issues with. Um, So heads up on that. And here's how we manage that. And here's what we do about that. uh, Just to give them a a peek into exactly what they're signing up for.
1: Yeah, I've learned that. Um, I'm very honest with people, with applicants. I'm very honest. And I tell them, hey, this is what is going to happen and i let them decide if that's something they want to try <laughs> if they want to jump in <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah right cuz it's and it's not a it's not an age thing demographic thing it's none of those things it's a lot of what we bring to the table for our expectations of the applicant and and really i've just been having to remind myself of going okay if we set the standard, this person is either going to meet the standard or not. And more often than not, the person does end up meeting the standard. We just have to hold to it and be consistent with how we present that, talk about it, and train that.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: <laughs> have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, We actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature rich, and it's always improving. If you're looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting... Time slash confession. We started off talking about how you've added a whole new service with with grooming, and that you went for education down in Puerto Rico, and that this is, sounds like it's been a big hit for you. Uh, because I, one of the topics I wanted to talk with you about, Maria, was was really how how you adapt to client needs. You know, you've you, you, with the two companies that you run, with the multiple services, and with the, with the staff that you're bringing on. I know a lot of people. Have you know, struggle with knowing like what does my client want and and am I actually meeting that? So, for you, how do you make sure that you are meeting the needs with your clients and changing with them as their needs change?
1: So, something that I think it it really plays on our favor, and I don't, I I didn't mean to do it, like, I it, it just came like naturally is that I really like to focus on the client experience. Like first, I like to meet all my clients, even if I'm not the one performing the service. And even if it's just, you know, a call or exchanging emails, because I'm not going to do them in a grid. The setter is going to do them in a grid. Um, I like to get to know them. I like to get to know their expectations, what their situation is. So I can communicate my team how to proceed in order to give this client a personalized pet care experience. And I say this as a way to show the client that we care that they are important because they are. And I think they really appreciate that because nowadays everything is really like automatic. Like everybody's rushing. Everybody wants to do everything quick. So I really take my time to do all this. And I think my clients really appreciate it. And I also like to make sure that they know that if they have any issues at some point with our services, they can come to me. Like, please come to me before anything else. And we'll find a solution. You're never going to see me avoiding clients because, you know, there was an issue or something went wrong with the visit. No, I always gonna work with the client to find a solution. And I'll apologize if I have to. I'll issue a refund if I have to. But I always do my best to show the client that, that I care and that they trust in my business with their pets and their homes it's important
0: to us I love that of going I need to know this client so I can direct my team or point out things um, mm-hmm. i that that's actually something that uh, I is is not something you think about whenever you're solo um but that that is something that is incredibly important, no matter whether you're solo or whether you have team, to understand what is that person actually saying, what are their fears, mm-hmm. what are their expectations? you know you mentioned what is their situation, where are they coming from? what are they dealing with right now because then that's where we assess what that is complement that with the pet care. And now that experience that they have with us is truly magical when we can go, we just as an example, we actually are taking care of uh, a a lady who is traveling for the very first time um, ever, really, uh, and leaving her dog behind. And her sister has been, apparently, getting on her for multiple years to finally get a pet sitter, get a dog walker to take care of your dog so that we can go travel and do the fun things now that you're retired. And so knowing that kind of information, I can share that with the team, share that, and we know that so that we can really make sure that we are on our game with her and really helping to set that expectation moving forward and really focusing on the little things and making sure that when she says something multiple times, we're writing that down, we're repeating it back to her, make sure she has confidence in us. Because if we don't, right. they, feel, they feel ignored, right? And that's, that's one of the mm-hmm. worst things that you can feel like as a customer, as a client, mm-hmm. is to feel like you are being ignored by the person you're talking to.
1: Yeah, I think communication is very important like with the client, but also with the team. I like to hear what they have to say. Like my team, I, I want to hear you. I tell them, I want to hear you. Like, tell me everything, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Have no filter. I'm okay. I'll take it. <laughs> you know? um, because of course, I, I don't know everything. So I like to, to, to see what they have to say. What well, you know, maybe they have a, an idea. Um, also, they are with the pets every day. So they even know them better. They know the dogs better. So if they tell me like, I think this would work for this, for this client, I try to really like listen to them and, keep whatever they have to say
0: in mind. And really trusting and and leaning on them. As you mentioned, they become, they have this now institutional knowledge of clients, of their homes, of the quirks with the door, of the pet and all of their eccentricities and everything that they need, that now we can take that and from with our experience, our oversight, our knowledge, we can apply that and we can have a that wonderful conversation where now that that service to that client truly starts to become something totally unique because of that feedback and that conversation that we have
1: yeah and i think that client also notices that they they notice when when you have like a good communication with with your team and i think clients appreciate that they see it like wow they are really working as a team so they they feel better about leaving your bed with you
0: Mm. Yeah, especially whenever you're having to handle you know tricky situations or medications or behavioral issues or or mm-hmm. you're you're trying to monitor a problem to make sure it doesn't get out of hand or things like that. They they really go wow these these people know what they're doing. <laughs> I hired it's a right, professional. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, they got me. Like I can go and enjoy my vacation or whatever in peace. <laughs>
0: Which is something that we want in making sure that we are. Um, are meeting that and that at least we know what's going on. So, um, I think that's really important that we, we don't forget to, to understand where they're coming from. And uh, Maria, you mentioned that, you know, you like people to get in touch with you if there's any sort of issues. Walk us through what kind of feedback process you have with, with clients so that you, you you're hearing from them.
1: Well, I have two like, powerful tools. <laughs> I like to call them like that. <laughs> it's, first is um, something that I call a testimonial request, which is an email that I send every six, eight weeks to new clients and clients that haven't reviewed us on Google or Facebook. In that email, I ask them to leave a review, but I also tell them that if they feel like we haven't earned five stars, to please give me the opportunity to make it right before the reviewers. So the second way is I like paying special attention to the reviews on my pet software. Mm. After each service, the client receives a report card with the pet performance, and they also have the option to rate the sitter from one to five stars, and they can also write a review. So I'm always checking those reviews. We get that like daily. A lot of clients review the setters. And once they review a setter, I get an email notification so I can see immediately what's going on. And I, I'm always checking those reviews to make sure everything is going well and everybody is happy with, with the services.
0: That tool really captures the person before they go out and go public to Google to facebook mm-hmm. to these other places it 's right. capturing that, <laughs> and so you really can have a much more immediate response to them, especially if that 's going out mm-hmm. daily or however frequently that is you can really catch sounds like you can catch a lot of small problems with them
1: mm-hmm. yep yeah. that, that's the idea
0: <laughs> do you do you use those reviews at all as part of um employee reviews or anything like that whenever you're sitting down and, and looking at their performance?
1: Yeah, I do. And they also not only I get the notification on my email, but they do too. Every time they get a five-star rate or any rate, Ooh. um, they get an email so they know what they're doing.
0: <laughs> and so how do you how do you reach out to a client who's left a not so glowing review or is or has an issue? Because I know that conversation can be kind of awkward for some I know it can feel a little confrontational or 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 just weird for a lot of people they get very uncomfortable so how how do you make that is that a phone call email text um and and, and kind of how do you start that
1: well I found out that my clients prefer email so the first thing I do is apologize that's first the second I I have to find out you know, what I'm going to do to prevent that from happening in the future. And I let the client know that I'm taking action. I let them know what I'm going to do. So, you know, they know I'm I'm finding a solution and that that's not going to happen again. Then I'm, I compensate the client. As I said before, if I have to refund a client because we did something wrong, I will. Or if I have to give a discount for future services or whatever the cases; it really depends on what happened, but I make sure I compensate the client. And finally, I talk to my team, and I tell them, "Listen, this happened, and the client wasn't happy. So now we're going to do it in this different way." And I communicate them the solution too. And I'm always open to hear um, what solutions they have in mind too. And yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And um, Depending on the client answer, too, I may have different steps. <laughs> but usually, that, yeah, usually that's what, what, what it is. I mean, I've never had sense that. I never had anything like horrible happening. But yeah, that's what we do.
0: I think those four steps are, are just absolutely. Amazing for handling that situation, and again, speak back to that customer experience, that client experience with you, the company. They feel like they you, they are being heard, they are being seen, especially whenever you are trying to identify what you'll do to prevent it from happening. And the hard part there, I, as <laughs> is, is that that mm. that can take some time, and it can yeah. feel <laughs> it can feel really frustrating to have this negative review sitting there, and you. Might not know immediately how you're going to prevent it from happening next time, and how yeah. you're going to make sure make it right to them, and 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 that. So you're trying to take some time to give yourself those moments to think through, have a conversation with mm-hmm. other people, maybe you go to your team, put something together, instead of just rushing through that process and just kind of because mm-hmm. that can come off as being rather flippant or like it wasn't a big deal or some, or things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Where that client yeah. now doesn't feel like you're actually taking them seriously,
1: yeah, something that something that I learned is like don't be emotional, you know <laughs> because sometimes you get the bad review or you get this email saying, "Hey, I didn't like this, I didn't like that," and you freaked out, and you answer from that state of mind. So I've learned to just calm, relax, and just look into the issue in a more like rational way, like with a business owner mind.
0: Ooh, business owner mind. That's huge. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. huge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm still working on that, movie. We get there.
0: <laughs> I, but I think that's a great way to think about it: of of, of not being emotional about it, not taking it personally, thinking bigger, mm-hmm. thinking as a business, thinking I I have to respond as now a representative of the company, and mm-hmm. I that may mean I have to. Change policies, procedures, change a contract. That means I have to change my training. I may have to change the what the service – like thinking through all of those various aspects because emotionally, we just want to make it go away and get it done as quickly as possible without fully – I think what this gets to, that that business owner mind is – we, we don't think through the full repercussions of what we're agreeing to or what we're saying we're going to do when we respond immediately because we're only – our brains are only short-term, and we're just trying to get away from that pain and get, uh, make sure that mm-hmm. somebody isn't <laughs> angry at us, right? <laughs> yeah, just yeah,
1: take a deep breath and relax.
0: obviously easier said than done it does take time Uh (laughs)
1: how have
0: have you worked on that maria as far as getting getting into that mindset more frequently
1: well usually our feedback is good uh, but there's, there's been only one exception in all these years it was a very particular case and i know deep inside i know that we all did everything in our power to accommodate this person. Mm. But something that I've learned too is that we are not a good fit for everybody. So that's something that you eventually learn when it comes to business, but because, um, you know, you are a business owner, you want all the clients, you want all the dogs, you want everything, but eventually you're going to find out that that's not the way you should be doing business. So you have to, make a difference like when you're a good fit and when you are not because if you know that you're not a good fit for a person and you still go with that person with that client that only that's that's that's, only trouble that's all you're gonna get from the (laughs) trouble so i learned that in the hard way and yes but it was just that particular case so yeah, I'm lucky that we have like a, a positive feedback from our clients.
0: It It is. And really staying in touch with them and giving them the yeah. opportunities for feedback, especially whenever you have a client who may be re- frustrated about something. Because I know that's 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 a question that may come up of going, wow, I have all these people that use me, but are they happy they're mm-hmm. using me? Right. That That's another thing mm-hmm. of like, are they happy that they're using me? Why are they using me? Giving them these outlets for their comments, for their frustrations, for their joys, allows you to capture that, and they'll do something with a lot quicker feedback than it showing up on your your Google My Business, your Google Business profile. Um, you know, a month later, and now you're left going, "Oh, they never." I, 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 they never told me about that. Otherwise, I would have X, Y, Z. And, and it's it's hard to to ask for feedback because we've got to be vulnerable. We've got to put ourselves in that position of going, okay. Like I have to be mentally ready to receive things that I don't like or I'm not ready or I'm not happy about. But I know that I've got to do this, and that's going to be better for me in the end.
1: Yeah, and, and that's not everyday really Work like that is not to me, in my opinion. Like that is not like a magic formula. This
0: heavy everyday thing. Yeah, it, it is. It <laughs> is, and and it's just kind of, which is frustrating, right? There's, we we look for those yeah. like, okay, what's the, what's what's the two things I need to do? What's the three things that'll guarantee this? And it's unfortunately, well, you know, it kind of the answer is it depends.
1: <laughs> yeah, it depends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: which is, which is where you end up both when you're. On, you mentioned like going onboarding new clients and then sometimes when you part ways with existing clients, recognizing well – and sometimes it happens, Maria, where you go, okay, well, we were a good fit when we first came on, but because of maybe how we've changed our business or maybe how mm-hmm. that client's needs have changed, we're no longer working together very well. And this, this, can, this could probably end badly unless we do something about it now. And just recognizing just because I – brought somebody on that was a good fit for me then doesn't mean they're going to stay a good fit for me for the next several years.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's what I mean when I said like, as you grow your business, things are going to change and not everybody's going to be okay with those changes
0: could be that now um their their dog gets an it uh, gets an illness or as the dog is aging they have different requirements that you aren't quite able mm-hmm. to meet but they have this expectation of well they've always been there for me and and your mm-hmm. but your business might not be set up to care for them in that way and just yes. being honest about that and and that's where those feedback really helps so that you can go you know what after reviewing your last information we are no longer able to serve you in the full faith and confidence that we're doing right by you Here's you know three or four other people that you should get in contact for your particular needs.
1: Yes, I would say like always be honest with the client. Be honest, um, tell them how you're feeling, like what's happening, and yeah, try to try to do what is what is best for the dog. Because in this case, as you say, like the dog is aging, the dog needs special treatment, and maybe your company is not able to you know fulfill that at the moment. Just Tell the client that you you are you want the best for the dog, and we are not um, the better fit now. So, yeah, it is
0: what it, it is. <laughs> it, it is what it is, and that's that's that business owner mindset coming in of going, yeah. "It is what it is." Right? This is a it business decision, and and yes, the client may be emotional, feel like you know you're not doing something, but you have to make what's now the right decision for your company that you're mm-hmm. not putting yourself, your staff, your clients in jeopardy of something that could go wrong if you aren't prepared for it. The National Association of Professional Petsers has a vision of a future where pet care professionals and pet parents collaborate to make a significant positive impact on the welfare of pets and the pet industry through education, certification, and community outreach. Together, we can make this vision a reality. NAPS is run by its members for its members. It's a volunteer-driven association. They actually offer a trial membership and various webinars to showcase the many NAPS member benefits offered. Visit the NAPS website at petsitters.org for membership details and more information. With everything changing as your business grows and adapts, as you're in it for multiple years, there is a real need to have new ideas to approach and solve new problems as they arrive. So, where where do you go for your new ideas, and wh- how do you how do you process those?
1: Well, I follow business coaches and a lot of of businesses on Instagram a lot. I'm fan of all of them, <laughs> so I always see what they are doing, and I take what I like as an inspiration for my business. Sometimes I even message them and ask questions. (laughs) And what I love about the pet care community is that they are always very responsive and willing to help. So, you know, successful people don't get keep. I always say that. And I love that. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah. Social media is like my main source of inspiration. I also try to go to um, conferences, workshops, expos every year. And I get a lot of ideas from there, too.
0: What are some of your favorite conferences and expos that you've been to? I know, actually, I know you, you started your pet business after flying out last minute to uh-huh. go to, to a PSI conference, right? <laughs> yes,
1: yes, <laughs> yes. Um, my favorite has been the Texas Pet Sitter Conference. That's my favorite. I, I won't be able to join this year, but I love it. I think that's the conference that I've gotten more ideas from. They do like a small event. So it is more like personalized. You get the chance to actually talk to the speakers. Like the speakers are more like reachable Mm. after their sessions. I really like that because I, I ask a lot of questions when I'm in those conferences. And I enjoy, um, of course, networking with all the dog walkers and pet sitters that attend, the business owners that attend. I really like that because I I like to ask, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And if I have the chance to ask that to to one of the speakers, that's great because the speakers are like the experts, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I love that the Texas conference. It's a small event. It's like everybody's like more reachable. So um, you can ask more questions and bring more ideas home to work in your business.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, those questions are huge and getting connected to people and you know, like you start off saying of going, Well, I'm gonna follow a bunch of other pet businesses and I'm going to get ideas from them and not being afraid to reach out. And that's where I, you know, people get hung up of going, well, I don't, maybe I don't want to bother them or I don't know how to phrase that question or I don't know if they'll respond to me or anything like that. And just going, if you have a question, it's okay to ask, right? It's going to be okay. The worst thing that person can do is not respond to you. And then you know, okay, well, I need to ask somebody else. And, just, and, right. continue, and continuing to reach out to people. Cause when we start to pull in and not be connected to other people, it's really hard to get novel ideas when it's just you in a room, right? Like, let's be honest about this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. I'm, I mean, I'm like, if they don't answer or if they said, no, I'm not going to tell you, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But, you know, I I just move on with my life. It doesn't matter. But I always ask if I ask it's because I like what you are doing mm. and somehow I look up at you, you know, and. In my case, I always get like a positive answer from everybody. I, I even have people like, hey, do you want to schedule a call? I can explain you better. You can do this. You can do that. And I love that. I love the pet care community.
0: It is a lot of people willing to help and share their experiences yeah. because there's a whole lot of unknowns, right? And everybody does mm-hmm. something a little bit different and looking at mm-hmm. other businesses, not necessarily copying them, but looking at them going, huh, how would I do that in my business? How would I mm-hmm. set up that policy? What would that look like for me to serve my clients in my community with my goals and my objectives? That's where we start internalizing the, these questions. And now we can start processing that new information of going, now what, do, what would I do with that? Right? It's not just learning what other people do. That's fine. But until we take that information and ask that question well, what would I do with that, or how would I do that? That's where we really start getting some where the rubber meets the road, and we start getting some things and put into action.
1: Yeah, and especially if you see like a bigger business, like someone that already has the results that you want. Mm. Like, why not? You know, they already reached the goal that you currently have. So, why not?
0: Yeah, and and recognizing that you may think that's, I think what's really important sometimes is you may think that's your goal and then you find out what it's going to take to get there and you go, Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, actually yes. that's <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. and that's super, that's super valuable because even then you've learned a way to not do something and now you go, you go, okay, well, let me, let me change something. And that's now we're processing and we're learning, we're learning all sorts of things.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love like, connecting with people
0: (laughs) it it really does help you get outside of your boundaries your preconceived notions your background and and start having that conversation with people and go wow like i didn't know the variety here and i like some of it i'm not a fan of all of it and that's okay because now we can make that work for ourselves
1: yes absolutely
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and when it when it comes to new ideas and we just said like you know these things that come to us and we're we're learning about businesses and we're learning about um, new ways of doing things. how do you know if a new process procedure policy service how, how do you take that and now ask that question well will this will this work for me how How do you judge whether something will be a good fit for for Chikawu for field days?
1: well, when I want to try or implement something in my business, I ask myself. Is it going to bring a benefit? And is it going to fix a problem? So if the answer is yes, then I'll jump in. I mean, it doesn't guarantee that it will work, but keeping those two factors in mind makes me feel like I'm reducing the risk and I'm not wasting my time.
0: Is it going to benefit us? And is it going to fix a problem? I think that really helps put into context of what's really asking, what's worth my time. What's worth investing mm-hmm. in? Because if, if yes. you if you ask those questions and you do that deep dive, and it's not going to benefit, and there's no real problem it's solving, that the, the 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 risk there is now going to outweigh the benefit that you could reap from that.
1: Yeah, especially if you are investing money.
0: Yeah, yeah, something that we're all concerned
1: about <laughs> these days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially when you get to when we're thinking about our clients and going what are my what are clients what are their problems they're facing and you know Maria as you're going through this this feedback process with them, I'm sure you also get some insight into what their expectations are, what they're facing how they what their concerns are, and so as you come across new information going, hmm, can I apply this' To the the problems that my clients are having, then if if that is the case, then I know that there's there's probably going to be a benefit from this that I that I could reap from it as a business or as um, happier clients or maybe even happier staff. It's just about trying to understand. You know, when we say good fit for us, um, a part of that is also knowing what our our mission is uh, with for for our company. So uh, what
1: what is your what is the
0: mission of, of Chica Woof and Field Days?
1: Well, our mission, we are deeply committed to providing pets with personalized care and quality time. And our mission is to serve as a reliable source of pet owners can count on to fill pet care needs and spoil their babies, their fur babies. Yeah. Everything reduces to peace of mind. That's my my goal when it comes to pet care with, with my two businesses.
0: Yeah. Well, so how do you how do you stay connected with that, with everything going on, with all the information, with all the changes that you experience as your company grows and goes from year to year? How do you stay and make sure that your company is connected and plugged into that?
1: I think your mission reminds you why you started and what the purpose of all your hard work is. So if you're not connected to that, I feel like somehow you are Contradicting yourself. Hmm. And I hope this doesn't sound cheesy, but I feel like if you're not connected to your mission and you are not leading by your mission, you are betraying yourself in your business. Because you're doing like the opposite.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that
0: that cuts that cuts hard uh, as far as, (laughs) as no recognizing that my actions, if I'm not if my actions don't live out my mission, I'm betraying myself I'm betraying what I actually say I stand for. In effect, what we're saying is we're 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 lying to the world around us
1: correct yes
0: <laughs> which Which is, oh, that's that's some hard news sometimes when you think about it.
1: (laughs) And I have worse news because to to me, every time you say yes, when you want to say no, you're betraying yourself and your business. Every time you make all these crazy exceptions and don't respect your boundaries and your business policies, you're betraying yourself you to train your business.
0: Because of we say we're going to do one thing, but we're acting another way. Right. Of going, well, I and those exceptions, oh my gosh, Maria, those exceptions, they creep in over everything with, for almost every client has this, this, they talk about mission creep. Well, there's definitely a a client creep of this, these little demands, these little exceptions that we say, oh, it's okay this one time. Oh, it's okay this one time, Mm -hmm. this one time. And then we look up and we're making this one exception a hundred times and it's a complete headache. (laughs) (laughs) And, 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 And then we, and then we, we feel, burned out and upset with what's going on and feel like we aren't leading the company that we want to lead and that the clients are controlling our our staff and everything just gets out of whack and it all started because we took a little step away from that mission and then just a little bit step from that and we look up and we go oh wow i'm i'm way 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 away from that mission yeah
1: i'm not doing what i'm supposed to do so (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, and and that uh, that the that all of this this hard work you said all the when you when you stay connected to your mission it it helps remind you that that the purpose of the hard work is is that there is a purpose behind that that all of this is not for naught we're not just doing this all for kicks and grins that there is a meaning behind the work and that's what it really means for us to be connected in living out that mission. And, and what's the hard step then is helping our staff see how they get connected to that because then that's where they can start living out our, the why that we set forth for the, mis, for the mission in the business. And now that helps everybody get through those tough times and sees how they are contributing to something bigger than themselves.
1: Yeah, and your staff, they are watching you. Oh. They are watching what you do. Oh. So if you, if you do the opposite that you told them to do, so how do you expect them to have some respect <laughs> or, or do whatever you say? If you said, hey, do this this way and then you go yourself and do the opposite. so You know what I mean? That is no, like, okay. it makes no sense.
0: Yeah, well, it, uh, just a very clear example, if you have a training video where you're up there going, and as a company policy, we never use a flexi lead. And then that first day that that staff member is shadowing you, they've watched your video, they took the quiz, they signed off that they agreed to that policy, and they go up to that first client and you go, okay, well, this client uses a flexi lead, but they're an exception to this and we usually don't right. do that. <laughs> they're, um, immediately, they're going to go, okay, and I'm being held to what? Like, what, what was the purpose of all this?
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That's, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Which... <laughs>
0: And understanding that it's not just it's not just staff too, it's also clients, um, people out in the I, I, I'm constantly reminded of just how public of a job this actually is. About the, the eyes and ears of the community, of the neighbors are on us at all times and for both good and bad. And that's another thing to remember of going, look, you are A representative, whether you, the owner, are doing the visits or you have staff doing the visits, you are a representative of the company when you are out. Mm -hmm. And to never forget that people will will make judgments on you, for better or worse, depending on what they see. And this is not a, oh, you have to scrutinize every little thing that you have to do. But just realize that what you do in public and and with people is insanely powerful because they are going to know, is this person being truthful or are they not?
1: Mhm yes you have to lead with your example.
0: Yes. Yeah, that example really helps you because that's where that leading comes from. People don't when you're bringing on staff, they don't know how to act, they don't know what to do, the policies to follow. They're going to look to you. And if you are constantly saying, "Well, we don't do that" or "Uh ah, well, this is the one time we don't do that." It really does undercut and undermine both your uh your your authority and your ability to to lead and guide them. Yeah,
1: they will be like This person don't
0: know what what they're doing. Like, what the hell? Really? And then when you go to write them up on something or to have to to have a hard conversation with them about something they did wrong, you know know the whole time they're going to be thinking, well, yeah, but like, what about all the other exceptions? Couldn't we just make an exception Mm -hmm. this one time for me?
1: Yeah, or they could say, like, you do it too. so. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot going on in there. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a there's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> tied up in that for sure. Which is a re- which is a reminder of of we get to we get to set that example, right? We get to hold ourselves to that standard because at the end of the day, our clients are choosing our company for a reason and we need to stay true to that reason and stay connected to that reason, which is our mission with the high quality care, whatever that secret sauce is for you and your company, recognizing they picked us for a reason, they continue to pick us for that reason. We can get feedback from them to continue to improve and correct errors as they come up. But being honest about that process at the end of the day is really what that boils down to.
1: Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> Maria, uh, I can't believe uh, time has flown as it has. And I want to thank you so, so much for for coming on today and for encouraging us with everything and to embrace those changes and to get that feedback from everybody around us uh, and to be willing to help others when they reach out. I, I think that's something that I'm going to focus on is that when people reach out to us to, to share and, and help them because we know we haven't made it here alone and that we have pulled from resources and other things um, as well. But I know that there's there's a lot that we covered and um, I'm sure people are going to have questions and want to follow along with everything that you're doing, Maria. So how can they get connected with you and follow along with all of your work?
1: Of course. Um, we are very active on our Instagram at chicagoof.walkin or via email, if you prefer to send me an email, I always check my emails every day. Um, so people can contact me via email to info at chickawolf.com.
0: Perfect. And I will have those links in the show notes uh, so people can follow your very active, uh, all of your amazing photos and stories and things that you do on social media uh, because those yes. are so, so much fun <laughs> to, uh, to, to follow and get inspiration from as well.
1: I answer my messages on Instagram, so feel free to message me and ask whatever you want
0: to ask. Hey, perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> and I'll, I'll have those there. So Maria, again, I can't, I can't thank you enough. I, I really do appreciate everything. Um, and uh, I've, I've just loved, loved talking with you today.
1: Um, my pleasure.
0: What does your business mindset say about you and how you perceive your business and how you perceive yourself as a business owner? How do you act as a company? Whether you have staff or you are a solo setter, having a business owner mindset means thinking through of all of the possible repercussions, thinking big picture, long term implications from the decisions that we are going to be implementing. So that as we adapt and grow as a company and we continue to meet the client needs, we meet them the way we want to meet them. We meet them from a position of strength from our company and our background resources and training so that we can do it well every single time. And all of that is done through experimenting, through exposing ourselves through new ideas and trying new things in our business by asking those questions that Marie encouraged us to ask. We want to thank today's sponsors, Timed Pet and the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes and on the website to learn more about them and to get connected with Maria Tehran. We want to thank you so much for listening today, and we can't tell you how much it means that you spend your time with us throughout the week listening to these episodes and sharing from your own experiences. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. (laughs)